there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one amorous page of Talmud every day. And in today's page, Yivamot 50, well, have a listen. The Talmud is talking about a situation in which a certain man may choose between two women that he may marry in leveret marriage, which we have talked about a lot. No need to explain what that is. But they're trying to figure out how to decide if there are sort of like two women in the offing, how to decide what this man can and cannot do. And here is what the rabbis tell us. But with regard to intercourse, when it is at the beginning, i.e. the first act of the Avam performed with his Yevamah, nothing is effective after it and any subsequent action is void. However, if it was performed in the middle, and similarly if it was performed at the end, i.e. after some other action that impairs the validity of his intercourse, something is effective after it. In other words, the Talmud is telling us, if the man chose to have sex with one of these women in the beginning of this complicated leveret marriage process, all bets are off because... As another very, very wise rabbi said, I believe, in Tractate, when Harry met Sally, a man and a woman can never be friends because the sex part will always get in the way. So to speak about that famous rabbi, Rabbeinu Nora Ephron, is Aaron Carlson, the author of I'll Have What She's Having, How Nora Ephron's Three Iconic Films Saved the Romantic Comedy. Aaron, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. And it's funny because... You know, ever since this book was published almost five years ago, I get called on often, you know, to talk about the central question of when Harry met Sally, you know, that ignited so much debate when it first premiered, you know, in in 1989 was can men and women be friends without sex getting in the way? Well, the Talmud is sort of asking this question today. So enlighten us. What is the definitive rabbinic uh, (laughs) Ephronian decision? So um, let's, I guess let's start with the beginning. So Rob Reiner directed When Harry Met Sally, and he needed a woman writer to come on and write the women's part, you know, make that woman sharp and funny and an equal partner for Harry, the male guy that was based on Rob Reiner, who was going through a divorce at the time and was pretty depressed. And he was just trying to figure out how to date a woman and get into the next relationship. But he kept dating his friends (laughs) and ruining the relationship and, you know, ruining that friendship. So he pitched Nora on this idea. This was the initial pitch. This was the initial idea for When Harry Met Sally. Two people become friends at the end of the first major relationship in each of their lives. And they make a decision not to have sex because it will ruin the friendship. And then they have sex, and it ruins the friendship. Nora was sold on that pitch because she felt it was realistic. All of the guys that Nora knew, including Rob Reiner, had slept with a friend that they shouldn't have slept with and pretty much ruined the friendship. And the women she knew had done the same thing. So that approach to the premise of the script is realistic. You know, Rob Reiner was a pessimist. (laughs) Nora was nothing but realistic. So the original ending had them going separate ways, but that didn't go over well in early focus groups. I mean, honestly, that I, I would have rioted if if that movie ended that way. I would have, you know, I would have like <laughs> torched the cinema. I don't know what I would have done. It's insane. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what happened when they showed the movie to early, you know, audiences. People wanted Harry and Sally to be together. It was the fantasy that you could fall in love with your best friend. A romantic comedy requires a happy ending. 
because it isn't a romantic comedy if there's not a happy ending. That's the formula. It works even though it's wish fulfillment. So, you know, that was a financial decision, a commercial decision, because the movie was so much more successful (laughs) because, you know, it fulfilled our dream of having these two friends, you know, enemies turned friends, turned lovers end up together because that just doesn't happen in reality because what Nora felt about that. And, you know, she thought the original idea was the most realistic because if sex doesn't happen early on when you meet someone, then the truth is there was no sexual chemistry there in the first place. But that doesn't explain why this movie inspired so many people to kind of entertain the possibility of something more with their best friend. I think it gave people hope. And, you know, if you're lonely, if you went through a breakup like Sally did with Joe, and if you're just kind of, if there's no one around to date, you sort of look at your friend, your platonic male friend that you've known forever, and you're like, hey, maybe he's my soulmate. And when Harry Met Sally, it feeds you that idea. <laughs> as pie in the sky as it is. You're done. You know? That's it. You're gone forever. You see, this is really interesting because in a weird way, I actually feel that this is what the Talmud is trying to tell us in, in the page that we read today. It's basically saying, look, a relationship between a man and a woman is very complicated. It has all these stages. It has all these kind of like tributaries and little paths that it could take. It's okay for physical attraction and sex to occur at some point there. If it happens at the beginning and defines a relationship as Noah and Nubes, like forget about it. It's just going to blow everything up. If it sort of happens later, if it happens during a course of, of mutual discovery, hey, okay, we could work with that. I have one final question for you. In the several years that have passed uh, since we were graced with When Harry Met Sally and the torrent of romantic comedies that followed, does anyone understand this principle today? Does anyone understand the sort of Afronian principle of the complexity of relations between men and women? Or do you find that contemporary romantic comedies are a lot of bluster and a lot of smoke, but not that kind of substantial, really heartfelt insight into human nature? Oh, my gosh. I would say that Nora's romantic comedies were um, superior to a lot of the stuff that you see on Netflix. <laughs> you know, a lot of the content you see today, which is content. You know, you you watch like a J-Lo, a Jennifer Lopez romantic comedy, and then you forget which, which, about which it. Which I just did. I, lo- I love that movie. Marry me. I love that movie. But you sort of forget about it, right? I already have. <laughs> You never forget a Nora Ephron romantic comedy because they are sharp and funny and elevated, you know, like the romantic comedies of yesteryear. And they have a real equality of the sexes and a real um, intelligence to them and also a relatability. Like, who can't relate to Sally? (laughs) I'm just talking about myself personally. And you're going to be 40. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because the best romantic comedies are about something else. When Harry Met Sally, I think, was about aging, you know, and accepting that. And Sleepless in Seattle was about grief. And so was You've Got Mail, which is so sad. It was about grief and gentrification. And that's so, like, that's that's heady, heady stuff. And that's why her romantic comedies persist. They're sharp. They're funny. They get at universal truths about men and women. Although the idea that men and women can't be friends because sex gets in the way is, is kind of dated. You know, when Harry Met Sally highlighted the differences between the sexes, but in 2022, I'm not sure that matters as much anymore. 
And yet it remains a relevant question and topic of debate to this day. You know, and often the question is posed by a person with a secret unrequited crush on a close friend and they want to take their relationship to the next level. As Nora thought, you know, if sex hadn't entered the picture early on, it's not going to happen. You know, and that's the sad truth of this dream <laughs> of falling in love with your best friend that when Harry met Sally sells. May the memory of Reb Nora Efron be a blessing. And Aaron Carlson, thank you so much for being our guest. Thank you so much. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay and Quinn Waller. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Mark Oppenheimer, Sarah Fredman-Ader, Robert Scaramuccia, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You can find us on Twitter at takeone.fiomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic and we will see you again soon.